So my question for this morning is simply, uh, or I say simply, it's a very big question. How can we know who God is? How can we know what he is like? And the answer uh, that the Apostle John gives us is that God reveals himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Our God is not silent, he is a speaking God and he has things to say. And when God speaks, amazing things happen. God created the world by speaking. And John's gospel, written by one of the close followers of Jesus, has been telling us all about the word of God. And what we've discovered is that the word is a person, a person who was with God in the beginning And the word was God. But until we get to verse 14, there's a sense in which that wouldn't necessarily have helped us very much because God would have still seemed a very long way away from us and very difficult to to talk with or to communicate with because we are so very different from him. But verse 14 tells us that some time ago on that first Christmas, All of that changed. The word who was God became like us. Jesus took human form. And he didn't stay a long way away. As one paraphrased translation puts it, he moved into the neighborhood. Jesus took on human nature and moved into the neighborhood. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So the Son of God, who has always been God, came to earth, took human nature, and lived in the world. So Jesus, we discover, is both God and man. And so that meant for the, for the first time people could see God in the flesh. And that's why the same John who, who wrote this gospel will later on in the Bible tell us that he is able to tell us about Jesus because He heard with his own ears what Jesus said. He saw with his own eyes what Jesus did. And he even touched Jesus with his own hands. But John didn't just meet a man called Jesus. He met God himself come in the flesh in human nature. How do we know? Because, verse 14 says, we have seen his glory. Glory. That sounds good, doesn't it? But what is glory? Glory is great magnificence magnificence, or a shining beauty. It is when something is too amazing for words. It's when something shines with a brightness that almost dazzles and hurts the eyes. It's when something is worthy of great honor and prestige and commands our total respect And so glory is a description of what God is. He is glorious, and it's also a description of what God has. He has great glory. And when we think of God's glory, we need to realize that it's a a weighty glory. It's something that that abides and lasts. It's not a sort of flashy, momentary thing that is sort of gone uh, after a moment or two and disappears. God's glory is weighty and solid. It existed before the world began, and it will remain when everything else is gone. And verse 18 says that no one has ever seen God. 
But then it says, the only God who is at the Father's side, that's Jesus, the word became flesh, he has made him known. So how can we know who God is? God reveals himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ, his son. So the pressing question for for you and me this morning is this, have I met the real Jesus? Have I seen Jesus for who he really is? So as you, you think about Jesus, what kind of comes into your mind, if that is just a, a picture of a, a man, even a very great man, then you have not seen Jesus for all that he is. And if you think only of a, a baby who's going to grow up to be a, a, an ordinary flesh and blood man, that is not all that there is to see. Now it is true, we've just sung about this, that when the Son of God took on human flesh, his glory was in a sense hidden. We just sang, didn't we, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. And another song we often sing says, from heaven you came, helpless babe, entered our world, your glory Veiled, So his glory had a a cover over it. To ordinary eyes then, Jesus would have just looked like any other man or boy. But to those whom he chose to reveal himself to, those people who get to know Jesus as he really is through the revelation of the Holy Spirit, then they will be able to say with John, we have seen his glory. And if we need... uh, Eyewitness testimony uh, to that effect, that's exactly what we have uh, from John's, from someone whose ears heard and eyes saw and hands touched Jesus. He is the one who says, we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father. So no one else reveals the glory of God like Jesus. And the disciples saw Jesus' glory in the miracles that he did, in the stilling of the storm, in the healing of sick people. They saw his glory at the transfiguration when all his clothes suddenly went uh, whiter than anything on earth could make them. And they saw his glory, or they heard of it on more than one occasion when a voice came from heaven and said, You are my son and I love you. I am very pleased with you. They saw Jesus' glory in his wisdom and power and goodness. And last of all, they saw his glory in his resurrection and ascension into heaven that they saw with their own eyes. So what does glory look like in Jesus? Well, John says that as they have seen the glory of the Son from the Father, that he is full of grace and truth. So the glory of Jesus looks like grace and truth. And just in case that wasn't clear enough, verse 18 says, sorry, verse 17, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? I guess we all know what truth is, don't we? But what does grace mean? Probably uh, if uh, we said to someone on the street, what does uh, grace mean? They'd probably uh, think of a a ballerina, you know, doing all the sort of beautiful, graceful movements, which I am not doing at the moment. Uh, Or we might think of, you know, a swan as seen above the water, you know, gracefully, uh, serenely drifting down a river. But really, when the Bible is talking about grace, it's talking about something else. It's talking about showing kindness and favour 
to someone. So grace means treating someone really, really well. And in the case of God and Jesus, it means treating us far better than we could possibly deserve. That is grace. And it's really important to us that when Jesus came, he brought both grace and truth. Because one of those things on its own wouldn't have been very good. Because we need him to tell the truth, don't we? We need Jesus to tell us the truth about who he is and who God is. And also the truth about ourselves. God, Jesus is God. God cannot lie. And so we know that Jesus is always truthful. But if Jesus was, was only truthful and not full of grace, then we'd be in a real pickle, wouldn't we? Because Jesus would show us that we make a whole mess of the way we live our lives. We're unable to please God with anything that we do. And because Jesus is truthful, he tells people the bad news, in a sense, that they need to turn from their sin and turn back to God and be forgiven, He tells us the truth that we don't live up to God's glory. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the light of Jesus reveals something of that. And it reveals our darkness. So if Jesus only brought truth, it would not be good news. It would just be bad news. But John says that in Jesus, we find both these things. In fact, we find them both in abundance. It says he is full of grace and truth, and then he will say, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. And this, this grace of Jesus means that Jesus comes and reveals God's kindness to mankind. It shows that even though it reveals how bad we are, how much we all mess up, Jesus came in the flesh. The Bible says that he is able to sympathize with us in our weakness. And he came to rescue us from what we've done wrong, all our sin, and no one else but God could do that. No one except God the Father would send his only beloved son into a messed up world to die to save people like you and me. And that's why we need to find these two things, truth and grace in Jesus. So have you seen the real Jesus? Have you seen his glory? Have you seen Jesus for what he really is? And have you received this grace? That is what John is able to say. I have seen his glory. We have seen his glory. And from his fullness, we have all received. You know, you might have a a big ever-growing pile of presents under the Christmas tree that you're about to unwrap, but John's image of, of grace on top of grace on top of grace with a bit of you know, grace on the top is just showing that the, the super abundance of God's kindness. But the problem is, it is possible to reject it, isn't it? As we saw yesterday, Jesus came to his own and his own people did not receive him. So many people have spurned this this gift of grace in Christ because they have not seen his glory but then John writes but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God God's grace which Jesus 
came to earth to bring is the greatest Christmas present of all time. It is a gift that keeps on giving. So what about you? Have you received God's grace? Have you accepted the gift of God's kindness, the the kindness of God's truth that reveals that you are a sinner and you need forgiveness, but also the gift of God's grace and mercy and freely given favour that you can find forgiveness if you go to Christ, if you acknowledge him as who he is, the glorious son of God, and ask his mercy. If not, how about receiving that greatest gift even today? Let's pray.